Yeah. I love my HBCU. And boy, boy, I love it, love it. Yeah. I love it, love it. Yeah. I love my HBCU. And man, yeah. I hope my team they won one. Yeah. I hope my team they won one. Yeah. Man, I hope my team they won one. Yeah. I hope my team they won one. Yeah. I tune into the HBCU Sports Lab to see if my team won a loss. If they lost, I'm quiet as a mouse. But if they won, she tab. Uh, I'ma do the dab, yeah. Dr. Cavill, yeah. he know what he be talking about. Talkin Mike about. and Charles, Talk. they know what they be talking about. Yeah. Talkin they can press the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they want a lot yeah. And who the ball, who the ball. So listen to Professor, yes sir, yes sir. And pay attention. This is Dr. Bill with Inside HBC Sports Lab with Mike Washington, Charles Bishop. Mike Washington is still out on assignment. I don't know. But I know this, it's cold down here, so <laughs> he might be by the fireplace. Yeah, y'all hadn't heard? Y'all hadn't heard? We're here in Houston, and it's cold. This is Dr. <laughs> with Inside HBC Sports Lab with Mike Washington, Charles Bishop. Welcome to episode 235 of Inside the HBC Sports Lab radio show and podcast, a show that's covering the sporting HBC dash for all things HBC sports institutions, large and small. From the NAIA to the NCAA, we share insights and information on the HBCU sports culture in the business of HBCU sports. We look at the HBCU athletic aesthetics to facilitate this story of HB athletic programs and the business of HBCU sports, as we say. I'm your host, Dr. Kenyatta Kavir, along with my co-hosts, Mike Washington, Charles Bishop. Charles Bishop is hanging in there with his Jackson State. I had a little TSU. It's cold, but I'm just messing with y'all. It's cold, so I, I'll take it off a little bit. But I do have my big Ben, Ben L. Calvo Senior HBCU Football Award. Y'all seen this a little while as we uh, give out the award to the best player that is connected with the state of Texas. That is either an individual that is born in the state of Texas and plays for HBCU or an individual that played high school football in the state of Texas and plays for HBCU. Or you can be from outside of the state of Texas, but play for one of the HBCUs in the state of Texas. Those are the three frameworks of how you can qualify for the award. So over the next couple of weeks, we'll tease that out a little bit, but I thought I'd give you a nice little teaser. The Big Ben Awards is not back. Obviously, the last couple of years with COVID, we have not been able to do an in-person reception, and we're still not able to do that. But we are going to continue the legacy and give out the award. A lot of deserving candidates. We'll see what that looks like uh, as we move forward. But with that being said, we're filming from our home studio and sending a signal live to Caseway 1230 AM studios with the Texas Radio Hall of Fame. Ralph Cooper in the beautiful home with Texas Southern University from Houston, Texas. With that being said, let me go straight to Professor Bishop on this nice frigid evening in Houston, Texas. As the yeah. weather unfortunately continues to deteriorate, so hopefully we're able to get through the show seriously in terms of the weather with electricity. We saw yeah. what happened last time. Um, the governor of the state and all the other officials couldn't get it right. So I guess they'll get another chance to see how they had any improvement. But well, well, hopefully hopefully this time we don't have any officials uh, fly out to Cancun during our time of, you know, <laughs> winter inclement weather. So we'll see. That remains That's to be a seen. good point. That is a good point. Very good <laughs> With that, how are you doing? 
Doing well, doing well, Dr. Bill. Um, I missed this past Tuesday, but had a unique opportunity to spend some time uh, up at Country Prime, Coach Prime's uh, residence, and uh, we got some uh, tremendous segments uh, that'll be dropping on the pregame show uh, YouTube page uh, this upcoming week where uh, we really sat down and talked about uh, all things Jackson State in terms of uh, where the program is and uh, recruiting and and just uh, Coach Prime uh, philosophizing on, on all things HBCU. So looking forward to uh, putting that information out. I wish that was really insightful. And a lot of times when you get to go and get somebody really in their comfort zone, because my understanding, you was on the ranch, basically, right? Yes, 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 indeed. So, you know, that is truly his habitat, his space of freedom and space. And he's already an open book. But I imagine when you get somebody comfortable feeling at home that you really can get into uh, a lot of information, and get people's deeper thoughts on life and just their perspective of things. So it'll be fascinating to see what y'all are able to bring to the table. Oh, no doubt. Uh, definitely uh, opened up his home to us and uh, showed us around. It was a, a phenomenal look-see. And like I said, we're looking forward to putting that information out there on, on the pregame show's YouTube page so that you can uh, really uh, get the, the the inside of the or the behind-the-curtain look at uh, Coach Prime and Country Prime and, and really uh, get a good look-see in terms of what he's thinking in regards to uh, this 2022 football season coming up. Well, I know we don't want to spoil it because that's what we do. We call it the tease in the business. Sure. But if you can share with us at least, if not the whole thing, a tidbit of probably what was your biggest moment of surprise or your aha moment or something that really made you kind of sit back and be like, wow, I, I didn't really realize that. Uh, you know, I, I think it is not so much an aha moment, but uh... – Coach Prime, he is really a keen and savvy businessman, and uh, he is very uh, um, adept at, at looking at the, the total landscape of HBCU football. And uh, is you know, it's it's not so much a surprise, but very much uh, a situation where uh, he looks at the totality of it and how uh, things can get even better. And uh, you know, his business acumen is off the charts in terms of. Uh, how he sees things, not only for Jackson State, but uh, sees things for uh, HBCU football. And I kind of joked with him a little bit. I said, you know, <laughs> you really have the, the the mindset of an athletic director in terms of the way you look at things and how uh, things can be monetized even better. So, I, you know, that, it was a very uh, insightful look in, in terms of uh, Coach Prime and, and uh, not just Jackson State football, but H HBCU football as a whole. I want to know what, a lot of ways that's why um, the VP of athletics at Jackson State, Ashley Robinson, why they really have such a unique relationship between a coach and athletic director, because there's really a true exchange of ideas in terms of the nexus, if you would. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I, as I told you, I really like the group that we have in the quack, particularly what I refer to those young guns. Yeah. Come out of that framework where they are connected in a lot of ways with HBCU, so they uniquely know the history, but they also have seen a lot of things. They're not necessarily stuck in their ways because of they have that younger mindset, and so they're hungry a lot of things. And even for our commissioner, who, you know, in some ways people would consider, you know, an elder statement, but that's because he came into business so young as an athletic director, then a VP of athletics from Prairie View and Texas Southern University. He still operates on a cutting edge and compared to a lot of commissioners, he is still relatively young. And so it's fascinating in terms of how all that is colliding 
and putting in this current position where we see with athletics. So I say all that to kind of bring you, and you can chop that up a little bit, but I bring sure. that to uh, probably what's on a lot of people's minds as they're dropping the temperature. You got folks saying there in Chicago, 20 degrees, Columbus, Ohio, 24. Ooh, bless uh, your heart. 33 <laughs> degrees in Cypress, Texas. So uh, amazingly, we're not too far away from these places that we usually cringe <laughs> and talk about, ooh, how do y'all do that? Now we're going right. to for another day. But there was a freeze just the other day with the announcement with Jackson State sending a letter to Fred, the, the uh, director, founder, if you would, in terms of promoting the Southern Heritage Classic about Jackson State moving out of that, which is a different philosophy in terms of how you see HBCU Classic. So, you know, I have some perspective on this and I might share it if we have time, but I wanted to get first, your first reaction. And I think that's kind of tough because you're in a unique position where you get um, some inside information that you're not necessarily allowed to share at a given time because it's more in terms of a consulting relationship than it is sure. your media uh, relationship. And uniquely, I'm in that position. We got to kind of dance that walk, if you would, of when uh, we are in which seats. But emotionally, even with that, knowing maybe that this was coming, I'm sure you probably didn't quite know it was going to hit then. But even if you did, when you hear it, what is your first reaction when you hear that? Uh, first reaction is uh, a little bit of uh, sadness, to be very honest with you, because this game uh, was very much a part of, of your high school years and college years growing up. Uh, I often joke uh, in regards to Jackson State football, we normally have uh, not just our regular homecoming, but we have, in effect, three homecomings. And the Southern Heritage Classic is homecoming in September. We have a regular homecoming in October. And then the last homecoming is, is, is the all-point game. Uh, in, some day, in some years, you know, that Southern game is another homecoming game. So we have up to three or four homecomings. But that, that Southern Heritage Classic. Uh, I'm so was... jealous. I'm so jealous. <laughs> three or four homecomings. Yeah, That's I know. <laughs> that one homecoming is like off the chain. So I can only imagine three or four. I'm not sure if I could take enough bad aspirin to get two, three, or four whole cups. Well, that, and that's kind of what it is because um, that was part of my, you know, my high school and college years in terms wow. of going to the Southern Heritage Classic, and it became very much a staple game that you went to. Uh, of course, Jackson is full of Tennessee State alum, so it was always this great back and forth uh, throughout the city during the course of the year and you meet up in Memphis. So uh, it's, it's tough. And then uh, a unique perspective, I think it was uh, talking to uh, some of my classmates that live in Memphis. Uh, when you talk about that game being a staple up there, uh, profound sadness for them, not just that the game potentially is gone, but uh, for the city of Memphis as a whole, because the, the, the city of Memphis does not, you know, have a, a, an HBCU football team, so to speak. I know Lemoyne Owen and, and Lane are both up there, but uh, for a lot of big time HBCU football was this Southern Heritage football game with Jackson State and Tennessee State. So you had a lot of resonance, you know, much like here with uh, uh, Texas and Texas A&M, you pick, you know, who your team was. Uh, so, you know, just talking to a few classmates, you know, it was not just they grew up on it, but their kids grew up on uh, getting their first taste of HBCU football or HBCU athletics with this Jackson State, Tennessee State game. So it's tough. Uh, it's tough. I understand the rationale. 
uh, but it's truly, you know, looking at kind of the end of an era with regards to uh, the importance of that Southern Heritage class. Yeah, great point. Great points you share there, and I'm glad that you shared that perspective. But as we always tell everybody, and as we get in the show, we talk about this is the business of sport, and this is the life we've chosen when you talk about uh, being an athletic director, VP of athletics, or even in the business of being a promoter. Uh, some of the things that were intriguing to me is the fact that two of the individuals in leadership roles uh, with the institutions in terms of SWAT Commissioner Dr. Charles McCullen, as well as uh, Ashley Robinson, VP of Athletics, actually had previous experience with big time classics in their role as athletic directors at Prairie View University. So they played in the State Fair Classics. So, you know, I am a historian in terms of understanding in some social spheres, as we talk about sociology, that you're also um, a product of your experiences. So I'm always curious in terms of what experience played the role uh, in them making the decision the way they made it, specifically, obviously, Robinson, but the tie-in, obviously, in terms of the commissioner and according to the letter went out, the connection with SWAC making moves that, uh, that put this game in peril to some degree in terms of a conference alignment and expansion. And so as things get bigger and better, oftentimes other things are casually. We've seen that in other conference churning, as we talked about from a, a business perspective, an academic research perspective. But one of the things that I did want to level set is, you know, I seek to do my research as I was intrigued when you can go and find the information, if you can dig deep enough, that this classic, at least from 1990, started out when the teams were getting about 50K. Bands weren't getting anything. And it has grown over the years with the bands getting maybe 30,000 um, um, and then football team getting 285, maybe up to 3,000, 300,000, a total package of about 325, maybe upwards almost 350. So you're talking about maybe $602 million or so mm -hmm. over 30 years. That equates to about 200 and what, 25, or less, to, less than 225K over 30 years. And so if you just take a blind view of that, you can start seeing where you start questioning, uh, is this a good business matchup? Culturally, beautiful. Uh, in terms of Tennessee fans, uh, Memphis fans, as you said, that are connected in that city, obviously makes all in the sense that they're going to be distraught about losing it. Even some Jackson fans that love the ability to travel and plan that out, almost as yeah. you said, the homecoming travel event, you can certainly understand that. But from if you strip all that away and you have to look at this from a business perspective, it starts to open your eyes. And then you wonder why somebody like Fred, uh, the promoter, wouldn't necessarily look when to increase the payout instead of putting themselves in jeopardy of losing. Because let's even say you play this out in terms of a legal perspective. It's going to take time to get through the courts if that's the case, sure. first of all. Um, and so that's going to cost money. Let's say that you are in the right and you actually win. Well, you get that money, but do you think the team is going or the institution is going to go back to the table after you took them to court, even if you won, they told you they wanted to play in the game. So it's interesting to me that you wouldn't go necessarily back to the table and say, hey, 
what can we do to at least keep you in here one more year, if not keep you in here for a substantial time? What financially is it going to take? And then you go back to your books to see, you know, what you have to do to see about continue to move forward and turn a profit. Because if you look at what this game makes, you have to believe uh, that there still is room to increase the payout. So those are some of the things that first came to mind with me when you break that down, when you talk about these numbers and the ability to negotiate this space. And again, this is me as a consultant, peer outside, not necessarily looking to take sides, but as people know me as the professor of sports studies, you know, looking at sports management, literally Texas Southern University, the business, you know, where we have a BS in sport management, an MS in sports studies and sports leadership, where I do my research and particularly looking at HBCU leadership, HBCU business, you know, in terms of strategy and things of those nature, these are some of the first things that came to my mind. And obviously now we are the first HBCU to offer a concentration at the doctoral level in sports education. So excited about those things, but I say all that to make sure that people are grounded as I look at the cultural nuances, as we talk about, as I even um, claimed or created a term where we talk about the sports HBCU sports culture, the sporting HBCU diaspora, which even brings it to a different, bigger spirits. But those are some things that really came to mind with me. Uh, with that being said, let's get into our first break. We'll back and we'll get into some of the action and maybe pick up some of people's thoughts and give some shout outs to our listeners that come in here and celebrate us. Stay warm, stay safe. Uh, and we'll be right back after this first break. Supermarket sushi, really? No. Wait, Troy, you work here? I'm never not working. Like head and shoulder scalp shield technology, up to 100% dandruff protection, even between washes. Never not working, huh? Oh, Troy, you're such a good teacher. Yeah, I know. <laughs> never not working. Never not working. Never, ever not working. Are you serious? Never not working. Standard protection that's never not working. Head and shoulder scalp shield technology. From novice to aficionado, find yourself here. High quality cigars plus personal customer service. Slowburn is Waco's only mobile cigar lounge featuring a meticulous curated collection of premium cigars. Visit our website, www.slowburnwaco.com. That's www.slowburnwaco.com. Are you hungry for authentic Caribbean food? Like jerk, chicken, oxtail, red snapper, shrimp, tofu, and rasta pasta? Well, find your way over to Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, 180 Auburn Avenue, right next to Royal Pika in downtown Atlanta. Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, open daily from 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. And on Friday and Saturday, we're open till 4 a.m. Come to Mango's and put some spice in your life. Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, 180 Auburn Avenue, right next to Royal Peacock in downtown Atlanta. For more info or directions, call 404-698-3992 or log on to mangoscaribbeanrestaurant.com. For instant coupons, text M-A-N-G-O-S to 313131. Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, authentic Caribbean cuisine. For 200 years, Montgomery, Alabama has been making history by people who had the courage to stand up for change. 
Today, this riverfront city has been reborn, embracing the past and looking forward to the future. From the National Memorial for Peace and Justice to the stage of the Alabama Shakespeare Festival, this is where history was and is made. We are proud to call Montgomery home, and together, we can be the change. It's NBA TV, and baby, the swag is back. The Lady Rattlers and the Lady Tigers start the show. Then, the champ is here. Last season, TSU's men captured the swag title. But fam, you anxiously await their arrival. Coverage begins Saturday at 1.30 p.m. Eastern on NBA TV. Charmin Ultra Soft has so much cushiony softness, it's hard for your family to remember. They can use less. Sweet pillars of softness. This is soft. Holy Charmin. Excuse me. Roll it back, everybody. Sorry. Charmin Ultra Soft is so cushiony soft, you'll want more. But it's so absorbent, you can use less. So it's always worth it. Now, what did we learn about using less? You gotta roll it back, everybody. <laughs> we all go. Why not enjoy the go with Charmin? From novice to aficionado, find yourself here. High-quality cigars plus personal customer service with Slowburn. Visit our website, www.slowburnwaco.com. Slowburn is Waco's only mobile cigar lounge featuring a meticulous curated collection of premium cigars. It's more than a mobile lounge. It's an environment and an experience rich in history, luxury, and personality. An elegant extension of any celebration occasion. It's the perfect escape and meeting place. A space where you can relax or enjoy a shared passion. Have Slowburn plan your next big event or before you are planning to celebrate your win over your athletic rival, you can shop our collections at www.slowburnwaco.com. But if they press the analytic data with the hip hop, if you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they wanna love that, and who the ball, who the ball. So listen to Professor Yes Sir and pay attention because he gonna teach a lesson. This is Dr. Ville with Inside the HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. I told you Mike Washington is on assignment or he's just in front of a log fire. I'm not <laughs> sure. Uh, sometimes some of us can get it done, and he's the main one that tells you as a military guy, it, it's not cold, it's all in your head, but when it comes to doing the show, he done froze it out. He's talking about these alphas and stuff. I don't understand it. I guess he is real cold, real cold. But we got the next best thing. We got Professor Gaither, visiting professor, adjunct professors in the building, big time writer with HBCU Game Day, founder. For all you all that may not know by now, I don't, you've probably been asleep on a, a log for real. If you didn't realize that, as he breaks all kinds of news, gives you insight, that you just don't quite get anywhere else. So we got him in the building. I wanted to give a chance to give a little love. CIAA, the grandfather of them all, grandmother, whichever direction you want to talk about it, the big boy conference over there that started it all, at least in terms of the founding date, right? Going all the way back 1912, as you would have it. Give us some updates on the CIAA. What are some of the hot teams over there that we should be keeping our eyes on then I'm going to come back and maybe ask for some midterm grades. You know, it is midterms. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, it is. Um, the, first of all, thanks for having me on, Doc. 
it is um, uh, an interesting year for the CIAA, just like the SIAC. Well, I'm sorry. Actually, most SIAC teams did play a couple games last year. Uh, but for the CIAA, there was no basketball at all. So, um, you know, getting back to the business of, of their bread and butter. And uh, it's been um, it's been an interesting year so far. Um, if you would have asked me two we- two weeks ago, uh, you know, I did the D1 power rankings. I didn't do D2, but I would have put Virginia Union number one overall. And um, if I as it says today, I couldn't tell you who number one is right now, clearly, definitively. Um, you know, Virginia Union is still uh, doing their thing. I think they've still got the best overall record. Uh, but, you know, they've suffered some losses and uh, Fayetteville State in the southern in the southern division is uh, is really hot right now. But uh, it's, a, it's actually a three team race in the southern division right now. So a lot to still be determined uh, as we are now three weeks away from the uh, start of the CIAA. Well, three weeks from now, we'll be in Baltimore for the CIAA tournament. So a lot of exciting ball to go. Um, a lot of a lot of great teams, a lot of parity in the league. And it's led to a lot of spectacular finishes. Yeah, I love that. I mean, in terms of pure entertainment, you may get your Jones off in terms of the quality of play or whatever. But when you go to a game and we talk about the entertainment part of sports, one of the best things that just draws you if the game is close, uh, no matter what level um, play it's at. If you, you can get that, it's hard to beat that. So that's kind of on the men's side. What about the women's side? Uh, well, on the women's side, I mean, it's a lot of the same thing. You know, Virginia Union – um, has been the big bully for the last half decade or so. Uh, but, you know, after the last CIAA basketball season, uh, they had a chance to uh, – their coach had a chance to go and, and do other things, um, and she moved on. So they're starting over from scratch. Um, Lincoln University um, looked like the front runner, and, and most nights they have been the best team in the CIAA, but every now and then they'll, they'll have some uh, – they'll have a, a slip up there. And uh, Johnson C. Smith down in the south – um, Coach Stephen uh, Joyner Jr. and uh, his uh, and his uh, young ladies are doing an excellent job, um, and so it, it's a lot. It's a lot of parity in the league, you know. A lot of you know, just a lot of you know, very much to the end, down to the wire. So um, you know, usually if that hope takes place by the time you get to the tournament, that can lead to uh, some of those exciting games, exciting finishes that'll keep you up uh, late at night to see how things are going. One finish that uh, that was not close last last night, though, and I think we got to touch on. I don't know if you did, but um, Johnson C. Smith for friends over in Charlotte. Um, you know they struggled in the football season, putting points together, um, and they struggled mightily last night. They uh, lost eighty-five to twenty-eight to uh, to Virginia Union. Um, oh boy, Virginia Union! Wow. Serious about that? They like either you gonna come to play or we go. We gonna take you home. Yeah, so, uh, great point when you when you put that on the table. Ooh. Yeah. So I, I with that it, being said, let yeah. me ask you about your grades because I'm gonna get Charles in on this thing. I want to ask since I dabbed you the adjunct professor in the building today, we're gonna take you to task and put you put pen to paper. What are your grades? You talk to some of the better teams. Who would you assign an A? Who gets the B? Then you know, unfortunately, there's some folks that just ain't ready. Who who gets the F? So you know, break down some grades. All right, it's a curve. So let's start in the north. Uh, I would give. He said it's a curve. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so starting in north, Virginia Union, I would give them uh, a solid B, a solid B or B plus. They had a really great start. They lost some games, came back and won. Uh, Lincoln University, I would give them uh, the same grade. Um, you know, I would give them a, a similar grade as well. Uh, they're looking to make noise as the tournament moves up north. 
Uh, Bowie State University, they get a C plus. Um, they have they don't have a they don't have a great record, but they have uh, beaten the two top teams in the North. Uh, who again, uh, two weeks ago, I would have told you are the two best teams in the CIAA in Union and uh, and uh, Virg- and Lincoln. Um, you go down there, you get Shaw. I think they're probably at a C as well. They they've been competitive. Uh, who else are we have in the North? Elizabeth City, I, I would give them a C. Um, they've been playing without their their leading scorer, their best player all year long, over 500, mm-hmm. um, and still in contention, a team you don't want to play in a tournament. And even at the bottom of the list, I guess we would have to give a C- minus to Virginia State. You know, they've been um, the most consistent program under Lonnie Blow over there the last half decade or so. But um, talented players, they got two of the better scorers in the league, but uh, just haven't been able to put it together, and they've lost some uh, some games at the end. So there we, we'll go with that. We'll go over to the South. Uh, I would give Fayetteville State, um, I would give them a A minus right now. Um, they're eight and one in the conference. Um, you know, even after having to battle COVID, um, where that set them down for a couple of weeks, I think they've played now. God, I think Saturday's game will be what for their men and women will be like eight games in 16 days, maybe yeah. I mean, they've, they've been, and I was wondering how that would impact them. It hasn't hit them yet. You know, maybe we'll see when you get mm. to the middle of the month, but right now, you know, they're rolling their only losses to Livingstone college Livingstone. I would give, I would give them a, I give them a B plus. Um, you know, they were a program. They, you know, they uh, under coach Stinson, they've been doing really well for a while, fell off in 2019, 2020, even though they had two of the better players, um, they don't have as much star power as they have, but they've been very smart. They have uh, they have Coach Stinson says he has 40 guys that he can call out to play for Livingstone. So, wow. you know, basically that means they're never going to forfeit a game to COVID. Um, you know, somebody's <laughs> always going to be there. Um, and, uh, you know, hey, you know, they're never going to hey, you got to do what you got to do. Exactly. And right now, you know, it's been time to make up those forfeits, but you know, you get in the last two weeks, you know, it's not really time to make up that stuff. So, um, you know, st- strategy there. Winston-Salem State, I would give them a – I give them a B. I give them a B. They're the defending champs. Only got four players from that previous team coming back. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they're right in the thick of it. They are second. They're second in one of those teams tied in the South Division. So I give them a solid B. Um, God, after that, that's where the drop-off starts to occur. <laughs> um that we've got uh so we've got uh Johnson C. Smith. They just scored 28 points. Um yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They, you know, they've had, you know, they've, they've it, it, it they, speaks for itself. It speaks for yeah, itself. You know yeah. I mean? So I gotta I gotta give them uh I gotta give them a, a I gotta get them a D just just off the strength of that. Uh St. Aug would get a D as well. They're right there. And uh Claflin bringing up the rear, um, the new guy in town. Taking the F. Yeah, he finally went there. I was going to say, Charles, mm, he great mm. like you on the curve. He really, <laughs> you know, all the A, A minus, C's, yeah, all the C's. He did say curve, C. He just threw in some D's in there. Some folks just couldn't make it. And then, unfortunately, somebody uh, just did not come to class. You know, right? So they get I try to tamper with the curve all the time. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they've, they've, uh, they've been in some close – they've been in some close ones. That's at St. Aug, but – um, you know, they just, you know, certain teams find a way to win. Other teams find a way to lose. Um, so, but, but I, again, I think either, honestly, in, either any of the top three teams in either the, the divisions could end up being the champions and you wouldn't be terribly surprised. That's just how close it's been. Again, uh, at the top, it's at the CIAA South. 
three teams four and one. Uh, so Winston has lost to Fayetteville, who lost to Livingstone, who Winston beat. So you know everybody's had that first go around. Everybody's getting ready to get this, gearing up for the second go around this week. So um, we'll get a chance to see how things are shaking shaking up. But I'm excited about Baltimore. I think a lot of people are, and uh, I think there's a good reason. No doubt. Mm. I really appreciate the summary that you provided. Taking us inside the CIAA, no one does it better than Stephen Gaither and so many framework. Let me go to you, Professor Bishop. What did you think uh, of the adjunct in terms of his grades? Yeah, that's fair. I actually I had a couple questions for him uh, because – uh, I-95 battle this weekend, Virginia Union, Virginia State. Uh, is there a team that gets a significant boost of momentum coming out of that game? Uh, I think both teams, uh, I think Virginia State more than Virginia Union could use it. But, I mean, I think, again, Virginia Union, um, you know, they, they're trying to get back uh, to where, establish themselves again as a team to beat. They won this game the first, this matchup the first time pretty handily, I think, by 20 20 plus points. Yeah. So, uh, you know, they're going to have to, uh, I know Virginia state's going to have a lot, feel like they got a lot to prove. Uh, and so I think, um, you know, for Virginia union, you just kind of got to not come up with complacency. You just held a team to 28 points. You know, I made a, a joke. Uh, my friends in, in Charlotte didn't, like I said, they scored one point for every day in black history month over at Jackson <laughs> Smith. So we appreciate the solidarity. <laughs> um, uh, but no, so it's uh, yeah, I think you know, you gotta you kind of gotta watch for that after a big win. But I think Coach Butler and his guys will be be ready. So, uh, that, was, me, uh, that was a good one. Let me flip to the women's side of the ball, and this is a team that I've kind of been keeping an eye on. Uh, it's Lincoln. Uh, when we last saw him play back 2019, you know, cruised through the regular season, got knocked off early. Uh, but talk a little bit about, about this Lincoln program, they've really uh, stepped their game up, if you will, from. 2019 and even now where they're, they're playing some top-notch basketball. Yeah, you know, Virginia, I mean, I'm sorry, uh, you know, Lincoln University is a team, like, again, Virginia Union uh, had been the standard in CIAA women's basketball every year. They're mm -hmm. near, usually near the top of the Atlantic Division. Uh, and Lincoln was the team that was kind of nipping on their heels along with Bowie State uh, in, the, in the north. Uh, but Lincoln uh, actually, you know, you talk about that 2020 year, that was a great year, and then they lost the year to COVID and, and actually – uh, come before the season this year, they lost their coach. Um, you know, he uh, he went on to another position. And so uh, it's it's been a next man up. So a lot of the players there are still the same, a lot of the same system in there. And uh, so they've been able to be successful, um, even though I would say, you know, but even then they've had a couple of losses that, you know, lead you to believe that, you know, they, they're not quite the dominant, you know, every night you're going to have to, every night pretty much you're going to have to come play uh, in the CIAA. And I think um, both, you know, both uh, instances are um, are examples of that, um, you know, as we go into a tournament in Baltimore. Sure. That'll do it. Professor Gaither giving you a breakdown of CIAA. Oh. And let me give a shout-out before we go to this break. People don't realize, you know, people think I break down all this information. You know, one of my plugs, let me just say this. <laughs> I get all this little side tidbit and these numbers. Like, oh, yeah, feed me, feed me. So just so y'all know, that's him right there. Yeah, he lets y'all on a lot of business, but some things he just can't put out there yet, and I get the plug. So um, <laughs> I just want to say thank you, Steve Gaither. So all this time I'm breaking down, thank this guy right here for making sure that I have some of that accurate information that allows me to do the business side of this as I do. So let's get into our break, and thank Gaither for giving us some time. 
uh, from HBCU game day continue. Uh, if you're not, you got to be one of the few people out there that don't go over there regularly to check out all this stuff uh, as they just uh, are taking over the space of HBCU game day, giving it, uh, excuse me, of HBCU sports and giving you all the news you can use. With that, let's go into our break so we can get into the second half of the show. We'll be right back after this break. Oh, that spin class was brutal. Well, you can try using the Buick's massaging seat. Ooh, yeah, that's nice. Can I use Apple CarPlay to put some music on? Sure, it's wireless. Pick something we all like. Okay, hold on. What's your Buick's Wi-Fi password? Buick Envision 2021. Oh, you should pick something stronger. That's really predictable. That's a really tight spot. Don't worry, I used to hate parallel parking. Me too. Hey. Really outdid yourself. Yes, we did. The all-new Buick Envision, an SUV built around you, all of you. Since 2002, Empowerment Resources, Inc., a nonprofit organization, has empowered more than 1,500 youth and adults in Duval and surrounding counties. Through its programs, Journey into Womanhood, Girls Mentoring, Life Skills for Teens, and Parenting Education Coaching. To get involved with programs, volunteer, or donate, visit www.empowermentresourcesinc.org. Follow us on social media, facebook.com forward slash empowerment.resources and instagram.com forward slash empowermentjax. It's NBA TV and baby, the swag is back. The Lady Rattlers and the Lady Tigers start the show. Then the champ is here. Last season, TSU's been captured the swag title. The fam anxiously await their arrival. Coverage begins Saturday at 1.30 p.m. Eastern on NBA TV. Press the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they're going to tell you if your team, if they want a lot left. And who the ball, who so listen to Professor Yes Sir and pay attention because he's going to teach a lesson. This is Dr. Ville with Inside HBCU Sports Lab back with Charles Bishop, Professor Bishop. Let's get into some more midterm grades. We're going to take it to the Division I level. Let's get into the Big South and OBC, the independent programs. Uh, as we do that, let me give a shout out to some of our listeners out there checking us out. Michael Ford, Michael Wade. Uh, we got G. Boom Holly. Michael Ford was the one that's telling us about 20 degrees in Chicago. G. Boom Holly, you remember those days? Uh, well, looks <laughs> like we didn't give you some of that here in Houston. Uh, Keith Martin says, thank you, Doc. Financial insight on the Southern Heritage Classic. JSU was being paid peanuts for $21 million economic impact for Memphis. Yeah, that could be said. Great point. Uh, TSU needs to evaluate very diligently whether they should join the SWAC. OVC is not progressing at this time. Another good point. A lot of people feel that way. Even some in Tennessee OVC. A great overview. I must say that some do not, though. Great overview, Doc. Fred has to cut the check to get D back. And that is T-H-E-E, D back. (laughs) Great point. Well, Mm -hmm. I guess TSU will never join the SWAT. Yeah, many people didn't think they were coming anyway. Some people (laughs) said the door was probably closed. Uh, in terms of the numbers, just in, in terms of that perspective of the number of pieces of pie. The door was open when FAMU came. I've told everybody about that in terms of the back room. Uh, the commissioner had approval from the SWAC presidents and chancellors to get to a 12 team. Um, and they had basically approved him to go after Bethune Cookman or Tennessee State, uh, at least those two schools. So there were information put out there in terms of what that is. But yeah. Based on what President Glover sounds like, uh, that she's not too worse for the wear. I would say this about this in terms of all due respect to the president. 
it's intriguing she used the word partnership, but then she talked everything about Tennessee, Tennessee and Memphis in terms of that relationship. Uh, when I see partnerships, I think it's mutual. I didn't hear anything about, and this is me coming from professor, anything about the partnership academically. These are both uh, R2 schools, Tennessee State and Jackson State on the research, no research partnerships, no MOU in terms of degree programs between the two institutions, uh, no partnerships between other sports on a regular basis. So I'm not sure if I really see a partnership regardless. So to your point, Lonnie Shaw, Probably not. Uh, Chuck Hunt says, Kay Johnson, I wanted to get shout out. Karen Griffin, uh, Jimmy L. Wilson is in the house. Tell Charles Bishop to shave. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like it, man. It's winter, man. Willie Allen Hines, Fred Witte says, another Ram in the house, no doubt. You know we take care of them Rams. James Knox, not HBCU, but G-Town versus St. John's was huge in the 80s. He's talking about bringing that back for SWAC schools. W. Sherman Miller's in here. What else we got? David Barnett, Troy Franklin, Ricky Burton, always in the house. David Barnett, as we said. Stan Hardy is in here. James Knox. Shout out to all the listeners. Dr. Holmes. Yes, sir, Dr. Holmes. The math man, he'll break down the numbers if nobody else will. I can always turn over here and ask him to do a couple of algorithms or some uh, statistics to make sure that I know what I'm talking about. See, I know, uh, I, I, Charles, I, I, I know hey, you wanted to jump here and say something. Did you have a question? I, no, I got to reach out to him about them statistics. I'm taking it now. So, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I, it, that is a very interesting thing that you said in regards to Tennessee State. And and one of the questions that I guess came for me is, you know, without that Jackson State sort of tie-in to this HBCU stratosphere. You know where where do you get that now with within the playing within the OVC conference? I mean, do you get? Is there another you know HBCU rival? Is there or are you just outside looking? I think the intriguing one, probably one of the most easiest ones to do, is that North Carolina and T, um, mm-hmm. the other team that is independent now that's in Big South since Hampton is leaving by themselves. I think about seven hours apart. You know, it's a little long, but not too bad there. Uh, but I think that's probably the closest one. Um, it's going to be challenging with the SWAT schools, not because they wouldn't necessarily be good partnerships, but if you think about the SWAT schools in their schedule, how big is a coach or an athletic director wanting to play somebody like Tennessee State as a non-conference game when you'll likely have Jackson State, FAMU, you know, if you're talking about regional programs in the East on the schedule. Uh, even if you go to some schools like Grambling State, Southern, that were old-time rivals as well, I mean, they got each other. They got Alcorn on the schedule, uh, Prairie View to some degree. And then they got the crossover with either a FAMU, uh, which is a permanent uh, turnover with FAMU. Obviously, you got Jackson State, and that's not going to roll off the schedule uh, but two years, and so you're still going to play them. Where are you going to necessarily even have the room? Yeah, uh, and yeah. then you go into the MIAC, and they have the schedulability about that. But does the distance work out when you talk about maybe putting a Morgan State? Uh, is the interest there uh, for those maybe a North Carolina Central, uh, possibly South Carolina State, obviously. But obviously, South Carolina State seems to be tied in. They want to do regular games, uh, continue with FAMU, um, Bethune Cookman, and Alabama State and A and M rotating regularly because they already had those games. Again, the question becomes, 
where is the fit, unfortunately, when you talk about Tennessee State? Not just the interest, which I think you could make an argument. With that, let me give you an update. Uh, close one here for Hampton on the women's side. Unfortunately, they're losing, though, with 240 left in the fourth. You have South Carolina upstate 55. Hampton is 53. But with that being said, let me give you uh, the conference standing. Uh, North Carolina A&T is sitting at 9 11, 6 and 4 overall. Hampton is 79 and 3 and 3 in the OVC. What are your grades on the women's side for North Carolina A&T and Hampton at this point? Uh, North Carolina midway, through team, midway through the season, uh, you know, I think they're, you know, treading water, like right in the middle of the conference. Uh, you don't really see them um, making a, a significant uh, uh headway getting toward the front of the conference because you're talking about uh, Camel and Longwood, uh, both teams that are both 9-2 in conference play. Um, my grade thus far, they're above 500, at least North Carolina A&T. Hampton is right at 500. So if you're above 500, C+. Plus. If you're at 500, eh, C-ish, you know, ish. <laughs> you, don't, you don't believe in no C-. minus. I'm glad. Don't do it. <laughs> It right. doesn't count towards degree. So either you're going to give them a C or give them a D. Don't do the C minus. And you tease them. Make them feel they're close when they really weren't close. So with right. that being said, maybe it's a D, actually, for Tennessee. Yeah, it's probably more 500 than C. Well, I'll give it to you. Uh, OVC, not looking good tonight for Tennessee State. At, uh, Belmont, they're hosting them, but it is 56 to 27, 414 left in the third quarter. But in terms of the standings, uh, season wise, 11 and 10 overall, winning record. Six and four in the conference race. Started out hot, kind of slid, but picked it up. A tough one today. What do you say about Tennessee State? Uh, six and four in the conference record. They're two and a half games behind uh, Tennessee Tech. Uh, can they make up the distance? Can they find that win over Belmont or Austin P? Uh, tough sledding going forward in, in that regards. But uh, six and four thus far, like you said, they started out hot. And then hit that little slide, did win this past uh, weekend, but uh, still just a seat. You're just trudging water right in the middle of the conference. Yeah, you said it best. Let's go quickly into the men breakdown to get those midterm grades. North Carolina A&T is up by five on Winthrop. It is early, about to end the first quarter, six seconds left uh, is the game being played today. But in terms of the standings, both of them in what they call the Big South Northern Division. You have North Carolina A&T. 9-13, 4-4 over the season. Hampton lost yesterday, continues to struggle, sliding. 6-13 overall and 2-6. and six. Um, So I imagine where they are, but we do this uh, as you are the professor. So what are your grades? Uh, Longwood is stretched out on everybody in this conference. North Carolina T, 4-4 uh, four and four thus far in conference, uh, but they've hit that little rough patch. They've lost three in a row uh, on the men's side of things. Uh, they are D right now in Hampton is a definitive F. Uh, they are at the bottom of the conference being the cushion for everybody else. So uh, <laughs> tough thus far. I've, I've never heard that, a definitive F. That means you get a D and an F, definitive? <laughs> yeah, almost, look, that's almost as you, bad as my F squared. Yeah, when you're looking up at everybody in the conference, it's, it's not a good place to be. So. Well, I, I guess all is loving for in grades, as they said. With that, OVC, Tennessee State on the men's side. They play later at 7.30. It is on ESPN for those who want to check it out. But in terms of their record, Tennessee State, 9-13 overall. Started out pretty solid non-conference, uh, but fall behind the pace in terms of the conference race. They sit at 4-6. and six. Uh, Can't quite get over the hump. They've kind of straddled the fence. 
win one, win two, lose one, lose two, um, making them sit at four and six. What are your grades for Tennessee State? Uh, Tennessee State will probably be right at a D. Uh, like you said, you, they can't make headway. They are just uh, peddling water right there in the middle of the conference, six and a half games out right now. Uh, but you just can't get a good fix on them. They are a decent team, uh, but they cannot get over the hump, and that's the most frustrating part about watching Tennessee State. It's fascinating to see what they would do in either the MEAC or the SWAC since we're talking about uh, conference training. What would that mean? You know, a lot of things would happen, coaching, um, different styles of play, things of that nature, travel, um, divisional play, what would they look like? But with that said, Let's get into this last break for a quarter. We'll come back with the SWAC and see what your grade analysis as we just finish with the halfway mark and we get the start. As you said, the rotation teams flip uh, in terms of the second half. I will be, unless the weather messes all up, I'll be traveling. I'll get to go and do all my lecture tours. So I'll be in Tallahassee on Saturday and then the plan to sneak in the Daytona to see Bethune-Cookman on Monday. So I get a chance to see the new kids on the block. As we, the Texas schools hit the road, but I'll be following Texas Southern, so it'll be interesting to see. But let's get into this last break. We'll be right back and bring in the fourth quarter and talk about those grades for the men's and women's in the swag. Stick with us. It's never too early to plant the seed, to share the tradition, and instill a sense of pride in your HBCU with your little ones. HBCU Pride and Joy Children's Boutique helps you share your school spirit with a wide selection of adorable kids apparel and accessories officially licensed from your favorite HBCU. Visit HBCUPrideJoy.com and follow us on all social media at HBCU Pride Joy on Facebook and Twitter. The Cuvée Group is a Florida-based marketing and training consulting firm. We help businesses communicate to their target audience and engage them in conversation. We also help to expand their audiences, which will ultimately result in growth for those organizations. In addition to being a certified constant contact specialist, my colleagues and I are also certified in John Maxwell Leadership Principles. We use these proven principles to conduct workshops, training, and private coaching sessions for individuals and companies looking to take things to the next level. Contact us to schedule a free consultation. Issues today, don't delay, call Cuvay. It's NBA TV and baby, the swag is back. Florida and m Rattlers, Texas Southern Tigers, where you at? First, the ladies of the Rattlers and Tigers start the show. Then, the champ is here. Last season, TSU's men captured the SWAC title. The fam use fierce on the floor and anxiously await their arrival. This HBCU showcase will be electric. Don't miss it. TSU, fam you, pull up, tap in. Coverage begins Saturday at 1.30 p.m. Eastern on NBA TV. Press the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they're gonna tell you if your team, if they want a lot of and who the ball. So listen to Professor Yes, sir. And pay attention because he's gonna teach a lesson. So y'all check me out and see what I have on. I might be on NBA TV. See if y'all can give me some love this Saturday. We'll see what it is. I might do two two weeks in a row because I come back the following week. That NBA has the game here in Houston. Boy, I tell you, living right, I guess. We'll see what I know, right? <laughs> so let's jump over to the MEAC and give them some love and break down some grades. We'll go through all the teams. You can give a couple at the top, maybe a couple at the bottom. 
that's on you how far you want to go into your grade analysis. But Saturday matchup on the winning side features Maryland at Howard. And then Monday, uh, you have three games. You have Norfolk State at Eastern Shore, Howard at Delaware State, and St. Andrews at North Carolina Central. In terms of the standings, Norfolk State is at the top, 4-0 behind them is Howard Bison. Just outside of that is Toppin State Eagles, and then you go to the bottom of the conference, yeah, Delaware State at 0-3. Just ahead of them is North Carolina Central at 1-5, as well as Maryland Eastern Shore at 1-4. Who you are giving your grades to that you want to talk about right now on the winning side? What stands out to you? Uh, what stands out is a parity uh, in the league. Norfolk, uh, Howard, and, and Coppin State are right around each other. Uh, Norfolk State 4-0 in conference, but Howard right there nipping at their uh, heels uh, with one loss in the conference and Coppin State at 4-2. and two. But they're all playing good basketball, so they're all going to be uh, – Norfolk State obviously gets the A. Uh, Howard with the with – the, a as well, and I think Coppin State is deserving of a B right there behind them. So that the parity in the league, I think, is what jumps out to me with regards to the Miago women. With that said, let's stay with the women, but we're going to shift into the squat down south, as they say, Southwestern Athletic Conference. Nice slate of games on Saturday. You got all six, all 12 teams, meaning you'll get six games in uh, getting it in this Saturday. Alabama State at Grambling, Prairie View at Bethune-Cookman, Texas Southern is FAMU, as I said. Jackson State is Mississippi Valley. Alcorn State is uh, Pine Bluff. Alabama A&M at Southern. And obviously that flips on Monday, meaning you have Prairie View at FAMU. Alabama State at Southern. Texas Southern is Bethune-Cookman. Jackson at Pine Bluff. Alcorn at Valley. Alabama A&M at Grambling. Full slate of games, boy. If you're into basketball, swag style, you got 12 big-time games this weekend. Uh, doesn't get much better than that. But in terms of the standing, at the top, Jackson State stands alone, slightly behind them is Southern. You got a lot of teams in the middle of the pack, but then bringing up the rear, the Valley at one and eight, Bethune Cooking at one and seven, not to be outdone by Alcorn State sitting at one and six, uh, not including their forfeit game there. What are your thoughts, grades on a couple of teams in on the women's side for the SWAC? Obviously, Jackson State stands out uh, being 9-0 in conference play. Uh, they definitely get an A-plus. Uh, a little injury to watch out for. I was wondering if you're going to add that plus. That's what I was looking for. Yeah. <laughs> but you, you have to be careful and watch out for uh, Jackson State injury. On the injury front, Deja Rogan has been down the past couple of games, and it's, it's turned them from superheroes to kind of mere morals because we saw this past weekend with Grambling and Southern Jackson State struggled uh, quite a bit to, to kind of get that continuity on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, they were able to out-rebound uh, both teams, and I think that was the, the difference in the game, being that they, Jackson State has a tremendous uh, height advantage. They were able to wear Southern down uh, late in that ball game, but I tell you what, that was a tough game, and I think Jackson State now sees that they do have a formidable rival to uh, keep an eye out for as we get toward the SWAC tournament, uh, but Jackson State definitely will have an A-plus. Southern, I'm going to give them an A as well because they've been playing uh, really, really good basketball. Uh, that game against Jackson State showed me quite a bit, and what's remarkable about them is they don't have a player in the top 20 in scoring. Uh, they don't have a top player in the top 20 and rebounding. Uh, it is a truly a team effort. They play tremendous defense. I can't tell you how many times they got their hands on the ball against Jackson State. So uh, it was a, a really interesting game to watch. So they're going to be a scary team to watch as we go into the second half of conference play. And then keep an eye out for a team like Grambling that has tagged a loss on Southern. 
So I, I think uh, Grambling is a very interesting team to keep an eye out for as well. Uh, but they would get a B as well. But Monday night, Jackson State and UAPB. That's one to keep your eye on. Mm, I like that. Good point. Good point. I bet you Pine Bluff is a team where you have them peg B whatever, maybe a B minus in terms of what they're doing, even a C in terms of their expectation. But it's a team, depending on what they do in the second half, a couple on a couple of tests, uh, they can shoot up and find a way back in the mix in that A range. So that's a team I like yeah. when you break it down. Let's go into the men's side, back into the MEAC, if you would, uh, and talk about these matchups and what's going on there and what makes it so interesting for our, our games before we close it up. Saturday, Maryland Eastern Shore at Howard, obviously, which means on Monday uh, you have the Howard at Delaware State. You sneak in a game on Tuesday, you don't usually get – you got Gallaudet, a non-Division one team playing at Howard uh, to give you some updates. They're trying to make up some games, and you have Maryland Eastern Shore – Delaware State on Wednesday before you get back to your normal Saturday Monday game. So in terms of the standings, Norfolk State got their first loss, six and one. Couldn't yeah. finish the first half undefeated. That yeah. loss was to team right under North Carolina, three and one. Hadn't played all the game, but they do sit at three and one. Behind that is maybe a surprise. Coppin State Eagles four and two. At the bottom, Delaware State is zero and five. Have yet to win a game. Struggling. Morgan State Bears are two and four, along with a couple of other teams that have two wins on the season that haven't been able to play all seven of the mid-half, first-half games. What are your some of your grades for the MEAC? Norfolk State was on the cusp of getting that A-plus uh, until that loss this past weekend. So uh, that dropped Into the A-minus, didn't do well on yeah, that Yeah, didn't do well on that quiz. Almost be plushes. But I, I think the parity in the league is what I kind of take a look at uh, because I can't get a fix on the MEAC because you literally can have from uh, from one to the bottom where you can have a shakeup. I, I think the, those teams are that good, and the, and the gulp from the top to the bottom is very small. So uh, I think it's a B and C league when you take a look at North Carolina Central, Coppin State, South Carolina State. We've all seen them play uh, good ball during the course of the season. So uh, North Carolina Central B, Coppin State B, South Carolina State probably a C, Howard. Mm, C plus. Now uh, I think they can knock off anybody in, the, in that upper quadrant of the MEAC. So uh, just a, a good league, good basketball, top and bottom. And I can't really get a fix on them thus far. Yeah, that's fair. Maybe we get into that twelfth uh, week type thing, three quarters yeah. of the season, right before those final couple of weeks of the game. Maybe you get a bigger picture. I won't go over the conference slate in terms of that because we did it for the women's site. Obviously, it mirrors that the game on the men's side. If Fascinating to me is that Texas Southern and FAMU, uh, two teams at the top, as well as Prairie View taking on in general, the Florida teams new into it. Uh, Prairie View is that team that had those early loss, been playing much better late, but this is a team I'm not sure you want to catch. Can you kind of nail the coffin on them to make sure they don't even get in the tournament? Can you see them as a 7-8 seed and the top teams have to play? Fascinating there. But as we said, let's look at these standings because it is fascinating. FAMU at 7-2. and two. Southern Jaguars at seven and two, Grambling State at seven and two, and right behind that you have Alcorn State and Texas Southern, both at six and three, and then you have a couple of teams at the bottom: Valley at one and eight, Jackson at two and seven, as well as a couple of three win teams along with a four. What are some of the grades that stand out for you on the men's side of the SWAC? Florida A&M definitely gets an A. MJ Randolph, uh, leading scorer in the league. But uh, I think the dogfight 
and the swag is over there in the West because any of those teams can knock you off on any night. When you take a look at the bottom team, one of the bottom teams in the league, Prairie View, <laughs> they can knock off anybody. So when you start taking a look at uh, the grades, I think Florida a and has a, a Southern, definitely has a Grambling, B-plushes, uh, t- uh, Alcorn, uh, solid B. Texas Southern, solid B. But those those B teams are are, are those teams that I think can uh, can knock off on any given night uh, uh, in the A team, that being Florida A&M or Southern. So uh, it's it's uh, the dogfight over there is in the Swag West when you take a look at Southern, Grambling, Alcorn, Texas Southern, and Prairie View. We'll see what UAPB can do in the second half of, of the conference uh, slate. But uh, those one, two, three, four, five teams are scary to deal with. Yeah, great points you make on all that. It's fascinating. Uh, obviously, basketball, they do look at a total conference. You do have to split it because you don't have yeah. everybody playing everybody home and away. So you do have a de facto SWAC uh, division. If you yeah. go back to football, obviously, all the power, at least at the end of the season, was in the East. But at least at the halfway mark, looks like most of the power in basketball would be in the proverbial West if you lined it up in that configuration. So it'll be fascinating to see. This is the first test where you get to see some of those top teams in the West, uh, at least by record or standard, over the last couple of years, gets to go see FAMU that stands atop, uh, quote-unquote, the Eastern Division. So it'll be fascinating, again, to see what that matches up. We'll be able to tell you what it looked like, and I can tell you in person next Tuesday – so we want to close it out. Thank you for listening to Inside the HBC Sports Lab. Make sure you share our podcast with your co- uh, friends and colleagues. I am Dr. Kenyatta the Dean of HBC Sports, coming from Inside the Lab in the College of HBC Sports with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. Uh, with our guests, I'd like to say thanks for Stephen Gaither of HBCU Game Day giving us some time to give us a breakdown on CIAA. Uh, this past Tuesday, obviously, we had AD Drew. Speaking about the SIC and a little bit about the GCAC and some of the NIA programs, giving us to make sure you get the total picture of your HBC program. And then, obviously, Professor Bishop giving out his grades. Man, do not take his class. It is hard. Again, we want to thank you for listening to Dr. Ville's Inside the HBC Sports Lab with Mike Washington Charles Bishop every Tuesday and Thursday at 6 o'clock Central Standard Time. What they say, you're firm but fair. I will say that, Professor Bishop, you are fair. We look forward to next week as we discuss the latest in the lab. Follow me, Dr. Kenyatta-Caville, on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. That's D-R-K-E-N-Y-A-T-T-A-C-A-V-I-L. Again, it's D-R-K-E-N-Y-A-T-T-A-C-A-V-I-L. Inside the HBC Sports Lab 1 on Twitter. That's Facebook and YouTube at Inside the HBC Sports Lab. Dream big and continue to move forward. We will talk with you soon. Roy? Course. Charles? <laughs> Lecture. Dismissed. He gets an A-plus on his